man, I forgot to bring the kids up front and all kinds of stuff. You know what it is, is I think my mind is on the game tonight. <laughs> and I'm all over the place. So pray for me. Amen? <laughs> all right. Let's pray. Father God, we pray for your, your presence, God. We pray for an awareness that you're here. Would you help us? Would you guide us? Would you lead us? Um, pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm going to read a verse from John chapter 14. We'll put it on the screen for you to follow along. Starts in verse 20, chapter 14, verse 25. Um, put, can you put it up on the screen? There we go. Um, go down to verse 25. All right, let me just read this for your hearing, or you can look, it in, the, look in the Bible. John chapter 14, verse 25, it says, I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let's try that again. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. And then, so we, we're in this series called, um, you know, it's the Gospel of John. It's Jesus in real life. And I want to do something a little different, okay? I want to do something a little different tonight. And we have that whole passage where Jesus promises the Holy Ghost, right? And he promises this person is going to come. He's going to be the counselor or the helper. And he talks about how they're going to endure suffering, but this helper is going to give them words to say, is going to comfort them, is going to continue to teach them everything. He says here, he says, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. What the context of this passage is that Jesus is sharing his last week with his disciples. He's going to be put on a cross. He is going to be killed for you and I. But he's not going to stay dead. He is going to be put in a grave, but then he, after three days, he is going to rise again. Amen? And then he's saying, he's saying here, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to preach this whole chapter to you. I want to preach all that's in there. But as I was studying this and I was gearing up for this, I, I realized, wow, we, we maybe need to pull back a little bit and get some teaching that maybe you haven't heard in a while. Maybe you heard it when you were a kid or you heard it here. You know, we did um, some, some stuff. Uh, we did a book called Christian Beliefs by Wayne Grudem, right? And we talked about things like God. We talked about things the Trinity, 
We talked about the Holy Spirit. I, and I wanted to just sort of give you the opportunity to ask questions. <laughs> and so I, I, a talk like this is dangerous <laughs> because this is where you can get the little clip, right? You can get the, little, the, the recording and I can say something crazy. <laughs> But it's also, it's also dangerous because, yeah, it's like, let's talk about this stuff. Let's talk about the real questions you have. I might not know. And I'll be honest with you. Amen? I'll be honest with you. But I, but I do want to um, give a little, little bit of background, okay? And so I'm going to come down here and kind uh, of a little bit more of a teaching mode. Amen? And if you could put up the, the, the shield, we've used this before. This is really helpful. So when we talk about Jesus, and he talks about, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise from the dead, I'm going to give you this gift, the Holy Spirit, what we need to understand is that this gift, the Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not like the force, like in uh, Star Wars, Right? The Holy Spirit is not just like this stuff, this unseen stuff. The Holy Spirit is God, right? And this is, this is what the Trinity is. This is the teaching of the Trinity, that God, the Father is God. Jesus, the Son, is God. And the Holy Spirit is God, amen? This is, this, is, this is helpful and important because we kind of go off the rails when we stop thinking like this. So we got to remember, though, the, even though the Father is God, the Father is not the Holy Spirit, and the Father is not Jesus. They are three persons. <clears throat> they are three persons, but it is one God. This is the mystery of the Trinity. Now, is the word Trinity in the Bible? It's not. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, a lot of words are not in the Bible. The word the Bible is not in the Bible, <laughs> right? And, 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 and a lot of things that we use to, 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 to helpfully kind of categorize like what we believe about something is not in the Bible, but that doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't teach it. And so when you go all the way back to Genesis, what do you have? You have in Genesis 1.26, you have God says, let us make man in our own image. And in verse 28, it says, let us make them in our likeness, male and female. And so right from the beginning, you have this God who speaks of himself in the plural. In chapter 1, verse 2, it talks about the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. And then also, we read about how God speaks all of the world into existence. It says, let there be light, right? And there was light. Let there be day, let there be night, let there be land, let there be sea. And the whole point, Genesis 1 and 2, is a beautiful poem. It rhymes. When you read it in Hebrew, 
excuse me. When you read it in Hebrew, you'll, you'll see that there's actually this like parallelism. It's beautiful. And the first three days, you have the creation, right? Of land, sea, and sky. And then you get those domains filled, right? With animals, with, with fish, with birds. It's not like random. <laughs> it's this beautiful thing that's pointing to the fact that there's this creator God who actually came when the world was formless in a void and the spirit hovered over that dark formlessness and God made it beautiful and made a place that was uninhabited and uninhabitable, full of life. Do you want to, do you know something? In your life, spiritually, before Jesus, your life is uninhabited and uninhabitable. Your life is like a scene from a 1980s dystopian movie, right? Or like The Matrix, right? You know what I mean? Or like Mad Max. Your life is like a spot where there's, you know, all kinds of demons, right? There's all kinds of darkness. It's uninhabited and uninhabitable. It's like the Badlands in North Dakota. And God comes and he fills you with life. But you see it right in the beginning of creation. You see the Father speaking, and then you see in John, the book we're studying, right, the very first, the very first verse, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And every single thing you see was created by the Word. And the Word, who is the Word? Jesus, specifically. Amen? And so what you have in creation is you have the Father speaking. You have the world being created through the power of the Word, who is Jesus. And you have the Spirit hovering over the water. And you have God consulting with himself from all time, saying, let us, let us, over and over again, let us. And so there's this beautiful thing that's, from the very beginning of the Scriptures, you see this teaching. It's a teaching that runs throughout all the scriptures. And the reason I'm telling you this is because you'll listen to the radio, you'll meet people on the street, you'll hear, this isn't in the Bible, it was made up. <laughs> and I, I want you to know, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. You can look at any intro to any of Paul's letters, to like any of his churches, right? And in every single one, he greets them in the name of the Father, <laughs> the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When Jesus rose from the dead, and when he was meeting with his disciples after he had risen from the dead, and he was about to ascend to heaven, what does he do? He gives his disciples this charge. He says, go into all the world, baptizing them in the name of what? The Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so you'll see it all throughout the scriptures. You'll see Jesus showing up in all these theophanies. You see all of these pictures of the angel of the Lord where men bow down and, and worship the angel, the messenger of God, and yet they're not corrected. Why is that? Because it is God. <laughs> when Daniel's 
you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are put into the fiery furnace, and they're about to be consumed alive. And then they see a fourth man, one that looks like the Son of God. Right? Who is that? That is Jesus showing up in the Old Testament. When Abraham goes and he, 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 he goes and he chases down the ten armies of the ten kings and gets his crazy cousin Lot. Remember, remember the people around when we were preaching that? Lot was like that redneck cousin that's always getting you into trouble. Like, you know the cousin where it's like, it's like, they, like, like my, uh, my brother-in-law has a brother who always, when he gets in trouble, gives his brother's name. So, like, he'll just be driving around, the cops will pull him over, and they look alike, and he's, like, going to jail. <laughs> and Lot was, like, that kind of family member, right? Like, his trouble caused Abraham <laughs> to get into trouble. And Abraham still bails him out because he loves him. And then this mysterious guy shows up and kills the deck. <laughs> And Abraham tithes to this guy whose name means the king of peace. There's all kinds of pictures, right, of the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, woven throughout the Old and New Testament, starting in Genesis 1, all the way to Revelation. Do you guys have any questions about the Trinity or about any of that, honestly? I know I just dumped a lot on you. Anybody ever seen, uh, um, what's it called? What are those novels that Dan Brown writes? What are they called? The Da Vinci Code? Anybody ever seen that? There's a scene in it where um, they talk about this council, and uh, they, they, they say, you know, yeah, there's this council of Nicaea. It was in 325 AD, and emperor at the time made all the bishops come, and they basically voted whether Jesus was God or not. And then he says, and the vote was really close. But you know, now, now Jesus is God, and they changed Christianity, and I don't know if you've ever, I know you have, because some of you have sent me videos like this, where, like on TikTok and YouTube, where there's all these books of the Bible, like, did you know that these books of the Bible were banned? <laughs> did you know that in this time, people chose, you know, what Christianity would be? They made it up. Um, I just want to, I just want to help you if you get somebody who sends you stuff like that, you know? They send you something that's like, yeah, Christianity didn't exist until 325 when they just invented that Jesus was God, he isn't God, all that stuff. But we've already seen in the Bible, right? And if you've been hanging around with us and John, <clears throat> nobody is more clear about Jesus 
being God than, than John's gospel. I mean, to the point where, you know, he records where the, the, the people wanted to stone him for blasphemy, <laughs> you know? And, um, of course, the whole entire book is framed around these I am statements, remember? We've been preaching through, I am the bread of life. <laughs> I am the water. I am, <laughs> I am. And um, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Well, we, we learned that like that I am statement comes from the Old Testament where Moses c- comes up the mountain and meets with God in the burning bush, right? And, and Moses is like, what's your name? <laughs> and he says, I am that I am. And the way that John writes Jesus, oh, the way that he writes it, right, is very clear that he's trying to express this, like, I am, ergo emi, the Greek, it's the same exact way it's written in the Old Testament translation. It says, I am that I am. Amen? And so, yeah, like, I just, I just want to give you a little bit of this. This might be uninteresting to you, but I will. I promise I'll give you something that will encourage every single person at the end. Amen? And so some, some, some of us will hear these things, and you need to have some ideas about them. It's really important. They'll say, you know, there was this emperor, and he made Christianity. And um, just none of that's true, <laughs> right? None of that's true. Um, and we know what happened because we actually have the recordings of those meetings. <laughs> like, we know what they talked about. We know who the 318 bishops were that were at the meeting. We know, like, the 20 rules they set forth because that was a big part of it. There was corruption coming. Um, Christians had been persecuted for generations at that point. And there was a big question. If you were taken into the stadium for the entertainment of the masses to be fed to lions because you professed your faith in Jesus and you punked out and said, nah, I'm good. I'll light the little sacred fire to Caesar. I'll renounce Jesus. I'm not a Christian anymore. Could those people come back into the church? That was like one of the questions that they had to wrestle with. They had to wrestle with questions of priests. They had to come up with rules like, yo, listen, the priests cannot have young women hanging out and living in their homes. The priests cannot go from one town to another and, and, and start like little religious beefs with each other. <coughs> now we got YouTube, so it's a real mess. <laughs> right? Um, they, they, they had these rules that they were establishing to help bring some order. And then they were like clarifying who is Jesus? Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Father? How are they connected? And out of 318 bishops, you know how many voted no on the Nicene Creed? That's like the creed we share, that we we profess when we take communion. (laughs) Two. 
And even though there was only two that opposed it, see, this is where everything gets flip-flopped if you follow TikTok theology, if you watch a 60-second video, right, and you let that inform you. Everything is actually flipped in opposite because all the bishops are gathered together and they're like, no, Jesus is God of God, you know, light of light, you know. The Holy Spirit is the Lord, the giver of life. And all these things, that he is constant, oh, I can't even say it, constant, oh, I can't say it. But the word means of the same substance, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three persons, but it's the same thing. It's God. And this was really sacred to them and really important. There's there's an account of it. These bishops were coming together. There were bishops that came together. This is 325. With like both of their hands were burned off because they were forced to hold the, the molten hot iron. There were many bishops that were blinded. There were many bishops that were maimed. They came to this meeting risking their life to say, yes, this is what we believe. That they came risking their life to say, yes, this is what they believe. And what you need to understand is that Constantine was under the sway and was the friend of the two who voted no, not the other way around. (laughs) That's not how he wanted it to go. In fact, later on, later on, there was a young bishop from Africa, Athanasius, and they dragged him and bound him and were trying to put him on trial for witchcraft. They said he took some other priest and he, they, they, they said, look, we found the mummified hand of this priest and he's trying to do some crazy magic with it and he's, he needs to be judged. He needs to be put out of the church, except he had some friends and so they brought that priest <laughs> He wasn't dead at all. He had both of his hands. He was fine. And they found some other reason. They just changed. It was a court for that. And then they just like, all right, we're going to switch the charges. And they banished him and exiled him to Spain. Why am, I t- why am I telling you this? Because all the stuff that you're hearing is getting inverted. And you don't have to listen to me like you listen to TikTok and just take my word for it. You can read the source material. <laughs> You can go and read the history of the council. You can read the articles. You can read the creeds. You can read the history. Why would, why would people like say all this stuff? We know why. People want to live their life. It's, it's kind of always appealing to believe in a conspiracy, isn't it? It's, it's like, especially since a lot of us have been hurt by people who have power. And so we just look at history and we're like, well, clearly the people that have power lied. But most of our primary sources about all that happened then were sympathetic. <laughs> 
Like Eusebius, all, he, he was, he's our, one of our primary sources. He was like a friend of the guy that was like, no, we don't want the Nicene Creed. We want to say that Jesus was just God, a man. He was just the, he was just a, the first creation. And, and brothers and sisters, I know you and I know family. We've had Bible studies. I've heard folks say, I didn't know that Jesus wasn't just an angel. I know this is something that's in our face. I know that we have like people that you love and care about that will say things like Jesus and the devil are brothers and they were angels. And I, and I need to, I need to, before we get into this text, I got to clear all this stuff up that, that, that God is Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that it wasn't some council 300 years after Jesus died and rose again that just made that up, that it's from Genesis to Revelation, that it is the faith, and that God's people came in maimed and scared, but brave, and made sure that we had this clear definition that we say when we come to the Lord's table and we profess our faith. Amen? All right, we got time if anybody has a question. You guys are super quiet. I don't know what it is. Come on. Ask a question. What's that? So there's a bishop named Arian, and the whole controversy was over the, his, his, um, the Arian um, way of teaching, right? Um, his, his name is actually Arius, and Arian is the, the teaching that, that Jesus is actually like the firstborn of creation. He's not God, right? There's God and there's the Son of God, and they're not the same thing. And um, <clears throat> the bishop of Constant. So I have this. This. Uh, you ever seen this symbol? Right. At church. Right. Yeah, you've probably seen that symbol. And it's the first two letters. It's called a Christogram. It's the first two letters of Christ in Greek, just put on top of each other. And um, it's a, uh, Constantine had this dream. He had like this vision that if he painted this sign, he's a, he's a pagan Roman empire at this point, And he has this vision, there'll be victory if you paint this sign on your shields. And so that's what he did. He painted this sign on his shields, there's victory. And, um, you know, it took a really long time, but like years later, um, a, a few years before the Council of Nicaea, 1313, he, he um, legalized Christianity, so it was no longer illegal to be a Christian. But understand, he was still funding and supporting pagan temples, okay? <laughs> but this vision had come earlier, and he was, he was allied with that bishop, Arius, and they had a group of folks, you know, especially in the eastern side, the, you know, in Turkey especially. And where you, where, when you look at where Nicaea is, it's right below Constantinople in Turkey, right in um, Asia, right there. And, uh, yeah. So they were, 
he, he was giving them like some wheels, right, to come up with these chords, but it didn't work. It didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> and um, there was people who were bravely standing up to this teaching over time. Um, this emperor, it's kind of uncertain whether he ever became a Christian. He got baptized right before he died. He, um, he started, he, in the very end of his life, he start, they started pillaging pagan uh, temples and like it moved from like Christianity is legalized to Christianity is like, you want to be a, a Roman senator, you want to be someone important, you got to be a Christian. And of course that like brought a lot of corruption into the church, right? Does, that, does any of this sound familiar? Like a promise of political power for Christians. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's a dangerous temptation, even now in America. And um, another thing that should sound familiar is that Constantine had a mother that prayed for him. And he grew up being prayed for. And so I look at his life and it's like, did he become a Christian? I don't know. <laughs> um, certainly had visions, did some stuff, maybe made some huge mistakes that altered the history of Christianity. <laughs> but here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing. That sounds like us. It sounds like our stories, honestly. I know some of you have had dreams and some, some of you, you know, had, had some runs where you made some, some good moves and noise for Jesus and then kind of fell away, right? It, like, like, not just like you became a Christian and then you were boom. <laughs> it was one and done and you were good. No, so, sounds very familiar. <laughs> History is messy, just like us. And... Um, I mean, Pastor Dylan, who we appreciated and sent off last week, he used to talk about how he would wake up and his mom would have his ha her hand over him praying in tongues when he was like partying and selling drugs, right? <laughs> and so it's like, it's like there's also a really wild theme, this should be encouraging, of praying moms, right? No, it's for real. Like the bunch of bishops and different folks that have shifted history who had wild praying moms who didn't give up on their kids and then their kids changed history. There's a lot of those stories. Well, let me... Uh, I want you just to know that I'm here to talk about anything. If you've got family that asks you questions and you're like, I don't know. I love to talk about this stuff. I, I don't have a problem. You, those who are old school epiphany know that we met at the bar every single week and took a different subject like this every single week. What about faith and science? What can there be suffering in the world and God still be good? Like, it was Christianity good for the world, or, or, or was, is it repressive? All those things, right? Like, I love talking about these things. And I think it's important for us, 
even though we might be beat up and what we want, we were just like, give me a cup of water to get to the next day. You're not only somebody that comes into the hospital to, to, to get resuscitated. You are also called to be a medic. That's the thing with church. Church is not just about a good word for you to get through the next day. We're not just a hospital, and we're not just a school, but we are a teaching hospital. Does that make sense? Like, you come here, and you should learn some stuff so that when your kids, your family that got real questions, maybe they're not your heart concern, but you can now talk to them. And so we got to equip each other. And the other thing is, is, is I don't want to just rush into talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're going to preach through that whole text and jump right into what it immediately means for us. And we're like totally not sure like what the Trinity is about. <laughs> like we don't know how to put it all together. When I was uh, in high school, we had two Christian teachers that I know about. The school here in Gloucester has, a, has some. That's really powerful, by the way. Like when a teacher in a public school is outed as a Christian, it's like, because it just feels like nobody's a Christian, you know? And we, I remember the one, the one was this older Japanese guy we would meet in his classroom for Bible study. And another one was another guy who's a history teacher. And every year he'd give this essay to everybody in high school. He'd say, I want you to write the answer to this question. And I want you to look at history. And you know, I had a certain number of paragraphs or whatever. Um, describe something that you cannot taste, touch, or see, but you can see the impact. You know, and, and, and some people would, would write about, like, radiation. <laughs> you know, think about Hiroshima. I mean, this stuff's, like, very real for us right now, yeah? Um, with all that's going on in Europe. You know, or, or you could go the route of, like, like emotions. They're very real. How, how much has the gears of history been shaped by love? right? And by like hate and jealousy. That's not something you can see. It's very real though. Another, another one that was usually the main one people would gravitate towards, and this is why he gave this assignment, <laughs> is wind. I mean, if you've ever been, like we've had some tornadoes like, like, I'm from Pennsylvania, and there, there were some spots where we've had some tornadoes. We just had a tornado what, a couple years ago in Mocha Hill, right? And we saw, like, the devastation that that caused. But you can't see the wind. And, and, and when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, <coughs> he says, in John 3, verse 8, he says, the, the way of the Spirit is like the wind. You don't know where it's coming or where it's going. In fact, in Hebrew, the word for spirit is the same word for breath and wind. That's what the word spirit is. 
And in, so in some way, God is a father and God is a son, but in some way, God is a breath. God is a wind. And he's going to give us this gift. And it's going to give life. And um, I just want you to know that this whole entire church community is like the opposite of a tornado wreckage. We have people here who are clean and set free from the grip of addiction because of the Holy Spirit. We have people here who were violent and selfish and couldn't see past their noses, but the Holy Spirit is softening their hearts and changing the whole direction of their life. I need you to understand that just like God saw the uninhabited world that was uninhabitable, he brought it to life, and he brings us to life, and God gives us this gift of this life-giving spirit into our souls, amen? And I need you to know this. I need you to grab a hold of this, that God the Father had planned from all eternity that you would be his daughter, his son. And that Jesus is the warrior. He's the one who accomplished it. He's the one who got his hands dirty. He's the one who had the nails driven through his hands, had the crown of thorns put on his head, was whipped and lashed and put up on a cross. But the Holy Spirit is the one who actually takes that work that Jesus did and makes it real in your life, applies it in your life. It says in 1 John that his spirit, God's spirit, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are his children. So when we come, it is not just this thing where we come to a statement of beliefs as some 318 bishops wrote in 325 AD. We come together because God's spirit has made us alive. And he's made it real. And when we say that Jesus died for the sins of the world, we can say that, you know what? The Holy Spirit has made it clear to me. Jesus died for my sin to break my shame. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the truth and mystery of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from Genesis to Revelation, um, proven through history. Bishops um, who came limbless and beat up and all kinds of political pressure against it, all kinds of setups, and yet the truth of the gospel marched on through the centuries. It was messy, it wasn't clean, but neither is our lives clean and perfect. <laughs> And so, Lord, we just praise you, God, for these truths. Help us to understand them where it just feels above our head and just feels new to us. Make us students of you. Help us to be the kind of people that can talk to our kids, can talk to our neighbors, can talk to our coworkers and friends. Lord, we pray for that, Lord. We pray that we would not be those Christians that just get upset. <laughs> Lord, forgive us. Or those Christians who are fearful and just like, I don't want to talk about this. Lord, I pray, Father, that we would love people enough to address all of their real doubts and real struggles, but also to minister to their hearts. 
There's been people who have been hurt, who have just been told to believe without any, any reason why, who've just been controlled and abused. And Lord, help us to love. Help us to speak your truth in love. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.